0: all right hello and welcome to another exciting episode of token games podcast technically slash news but we never really say that part i'm your host and sometimes referee that pearson and today i'm joined by he who is without equal as is his goggles a one officer 9000 plus
1: one hey hey how you doing
0: All right. So you guys know that we've uh, initiated a new format or a hybrid format, if you will. So just a reminder, uh, I'm going to go down, answer questions, officers going to go down and answer questions. And they're relating to news instead of giving our personal feelings on random questions and topics off the top of my head, which I spent a good two to three years doing. I'm not tapped out, but hey, I'd rather do this instead. Number one, So, officially all Star Wars animated shows have ended except for the latest one, The Bad Batch. Who do you think should get the next cartoon treatment and why? Number two, Congress sends out requests for the end of child gambling manipulation to 12 game industry executives. Was this even a real attempt at eradication or just a slap on the wrist to inevitably try and line their future pockets? And for those who are curious what I mean by that, look at it this way that whole, you know, gambling and letting children get access to virtual gambling and manipulation, yet yeah, at least to a couple billion dollars in back pockets. Number three, is there still a division of genres for action adventure and RPGs, given the use of each other's unique features constantly by the other? I think I'm going to go first this time. All right, so for number one, yes, um, I would say, well, first off, don't end the Bad Batch. I don't know if we're getting a confirmation of a season two, but they did just finish season one not too long ago. I think the next group or persons who should get one is a bit of a mix between old school and new school thinking. First and foremost, I'm going to say verbatim, just, just... Rosario Dawson's ass is in deep shit or potential deep shit. Just, just, just give Ah Ahsoka an animated show. Just, just do it. What do you have to lose? Also, uh, if you stop and think about it, this person probably did the most fighting or at least is one of the most popular of the characters who quote unquote has a rap sheet of ass whoopery. And even though I don't like him or respect him, I respect his popularity and am curious of all the things he could have done or gone through. Because as we know, in fact, he has a very, very long extensive history, both apparently in the original universe and new shit that Disney's doing of having to go through combat constantly. And that person is Darth Vader. If they just go from literally him trying to learn to walk in the suit to him dying that's at least six seasons or they could just do misadventures of when he meets the in-between characters or tell old stories from his perspective because we've never seen it think about it with the exception of what was that star wars movie where it was about a girl and the death star scientist world one yeah with the exception of Rogue One, Vader has not appeared in anything live action. But he has appeared in very, very small amounts of time in the animated series. In fact, I think he's only been in three episodes total. Or at least that's just from my account of watching the animated stuff and never seeing the movies for the past, like, almost 10 years now. Damn, the animated shit been going on over 10 years. Fuck.
1: Man world.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. I don't know what 40 is going to look like for me, but in 10 years, you know, I'd like to ease my way into it. But I digress. Darth Vader. There are three things that make me watch the Star Wars animated shows. Character interest. I don't really have any attachments to Darth Vader, but Darth Vader is constantly attached to a lot of the characters I like. Number two, actual lightsaber combat. Because as I've learned and everyone has told me, And YouTube has shown me there's barely any lightsaber fights in the entirety of the whole fucking trilogies. If you put all the fights in order in one YouTube video, which many people have done, it's not even like a full 60 minutes last time I checked. And the third option is that X factor of just quality writing and voice acting. Because you can have the best writers and if the delivery is garbage, no one cares. And you can have... Uh, good actors, but if the shit is trash, well, then it just looks like DC's new version of the Titans, which is ass. You need that perfect mix. So, that's that's really it for me. Darth Vader and the other one, uh, Ahsoka and to a lesser extent, and I stress the term the lesser extent, Thrawn. And I'm gonna say something very specific. I only wanted if Thrawn realizes the error of his ways and maybe ends up becoming a Jedi, a gray Jedi, or just he he goes through a character development alignment. I would love that. But as we all know, Thrawn is technically considered in some way, shape or form dead. But if we know what happens to Thrawn, we can also know what happens to Ezra who seems like they were basically going to put him in a future scenario, much like they did Ahsoka at some point. Number two. Oh, and I got a random message. I'll probably edit around this later. Hold on. Okay. Nope. Um. All right. So for number two, And I know it sounds kind of fucked up because it implies that I think that, you know, one is better than the other. I just think there's a lesser evil in the situation of politics, or rather there's good guys trying to do the right thing, but there's too many people who can sell out and fuck them over at the end of the day. But when it comes to the whole congressional issue, I think they were doing this sincerely because they wanted to, not because they wanted to get paid. Because if they wanted to get paid, they could shut up or they could have sent these letters out as bait, not told the uh, public and gone from there. So for those who are curious, um, we've spoken about it numerous times, but child gambling and manipulation into gambling through video games has been an international problem. And rarely has any government or legislative body directly attacked it. However, because of one senator, I believe, in Hawaii some two years ago, there's been a shift. However, that shift is on the Democratic side not the GOP, just so we're clear. And this letter has been signed by Congress members who are all Democratic. So the odds of it being, for lack of a better term, a ploy to get them more scratch, not nearly as high as it would be on the GOP. And on GOP, that would be somebody guaranteed, 100%. So I do think this is an attempt to tell them or show them, hey, look, we're paying attention to the bullshit you're doing. Stop it. But at the same time, this is a warning shot being fired in a war that's been raging for over a decade at this point. I feel like they don't take it as seriously as they are because they haven't studied it as long as other people in other countries have. But I do like the fact and idea that they're trying to sincerely combat this problem. And I commend anybody trying to do the right thing in the world of government regulation. I will always do that. Because regulation is the closest we can get to fucking any form of uh, federal peace when we regulate and watch one another. Yep. Number three. I don't really think so. I think. I think because artificial inflation, which isn't a bad thing, depending on how it's used. I think that. The Division, I think The Division is literally at a bare minimum level. Like, it's been extremely reduced and weakened by just modernization of gaming and going into the modern era. When we played an adventure game back and when we were little, everything was 2D, it was really just because... You 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 learn to distinguish difference between an adventure game and a platformer. Now when it comes to RPGs, whole different mess of shit. Right? The way I look at it, fucking when you play an action adventure game, let's take Batman Arkham Asylum, for example, he has an upgradable system, he has a skill point system. And he has a level system going on. You're just loaded into one giant map. And while you're in this one giant map, you need to do certain things or get certain hallmarks done. And you don't have to do them in a set order. You can follow the story, verbatim, go from point A to point B, or you can do a lot of stuff that's around the story. side quests, mini minigames, all this other shit. But, Batman doesn't have a direct level. At least I think. I've only played uh, two and three, but to my knowledge, he doesn't. Right?
1: As I recall, I think he gets, like, items that boost his health and the like, but actual levels, no. Nah.
0: Yeah, and direct stat boost. And you can even level up or upgrade the fucking Batmobile or certain abilities on the Batmobile. Shit, you could already do in an RPG, but guess what? We also have open-world RPGs. So realistically speaking, where exactly is the line? Where is the line at anymore when it comes to action adventure and RPG? So as far as I'm concerned, I think these two genres are pretty much the same thing at this point, because you won't find an action adventure game that was made, we'll say in the past, almost 15 years at least from the big publishers and better mainstream and commercially available where there isn't something you can level up or you're denied access to something until you meet certain conditions that require a long period of play and leveling up or, or being built like again in an RPG. If anything, I think action adventure has become RPG and RPG absorbed action adventure and many other uh, features and unique abilities from other genres a long time ago. So I really do generally think that action adventures are dead, but not like everyone is thinking. I don't think they're dead in the sense that, oh, no one has an interest in them. Technically, you could consider Grand Theft Auto an action adventure game. And I know a lot of people consider Grand Theft Auto an RPG. Has it turned into a debate? Fuck no. I'm not trying to make it a debate. God, please don't do that. We have enough debates that won't end. Goku versus Superman comes to mind. But I honestly think that RPGs grow, evolve, and adapt. But action adventure has become absorbed and is almost indifferentiable to fucking RPGs. Like, one's pretending to be something it's not, and the other one's just growing, evolving, and adapting. Which I know is a bit of a unique take. And it's not—it's almost like a non-answer, but that's just how I feel. And I'm here to tell tell you how I feel, after all. All right, with that being said, I'm going to pass the reins over to the officer.
1: All right. Well, uh, I'm willing to bet there's probably some people who might not like my take on uh, number one here. But
0: oh, here shit. we go. Oh, shit. Let me sit down.
1: Honestly,
0: I haven't
1: really liked Star Wars since about the midpoint of the prequel trilogy. So
0: <clears throat> I mean, I don't think after you're gonna the any release, with that one.
1: after the release of, you know, clone the, uh, what was it? What was the second prequel trilogy movie? Was that, uh, uh,
0: what 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 movie number are you talking about give me the number two number two okay so the first one would be a new hope i think
1: no the the two of the prequel trilogy okay so so the first one with that is
0: phantom the first one with that is phantom menace then uh, attack um, of the clones yeah
1: so a little bit after attack of the clones i just lost maybe 80 to 90 percent of my interest in star wars I went and saw the uh, sequel trilogy under, you know, the uh, hand of Disney, which was okay, I guess. But honestly, my interest in Star Wars is just not what it used to be. So I honestly uh, can't really think of many characters that I would, you know, have interest in watching, you know, a show for other than, I don't know, maybe if they went back uh, to the, uh, what's it? uh, To the old Republic era and did a show there. I think that would be interesting. I just don't have interest of star Wars in the, uh, what's it? um, I guess the best way to describe it would be the uh, force awakened era slash, you know, post-Rebel Alliance era. But, yeah, my interest in Star Wars is mostly in the stuff that's only really available in video games, and I think one or two, like, novels or something. I don't know. I haven't really looked into uh, Old Republic era stuff uh, book-wise. I might do that though soon. So, yeah, that's pretty much my response is, yeah. I want something that isn't modern, but mm, something like that won't sell, so they're not going to make it, which is unfortunate, but well. well. As for topic two, they sent it to 12 game industry executives, but missed one of the most egregious ones in electronic arts. Honestly, this is just uh, publicity stunt. It's basically a publicity stunt. They're not actually going to do anything right now. I think we're going to need at least another maybe three to five years before we see them actually doing something with this. Now, topic three. Topic three. I think... There is still somewhat of a division, but it mostly depends on what type of RPG you're playing. Are you playing an RPG that, you know, was it made in Japan? Well, yeah, the division there between the action-slash-adventure games and RPGs is very blurred, and honestly, that's not a bad thing. But if you're going for, say, a a Japanese RPG, uh, those have some very distinct features that I haven't really seen in the action slash adventure games. Though I have seen some aspects from these various action games kind of slipping their way a little bit into JRPGs, but not to a huge degree. Uh, sorry for the pauses. I'm, uh, you know, coughing and like. I don't want to cough from the mic. Right. <laughs> so it mostly depends on you know what type of RPG you're looking for or looking at. Because as far as I see it, there's a very distinct difference between RPGs made in you know the land of the rising sun and RPGs made by those who aren't in Japan. There's distinct specific things that go into the games like you know what's it uh various uh in their combat setup they would sometimes go with you know turn-based combat which in like the really old days that was just oh yeah that's just an rpg thing this is just the thing in rpgs it's turn-based because well back then People want to say that it was a golden era of video games, but there was a lot of just. I actually, actually elaborate on what back then I mean. Uh, the Super Nintendo and the NES era, and maybe a little bit into the uh, what's it? Uh, N64, PS1 era, where there were a lot of various you know, RPGs that were honestly very similar to each other all copying the whole turn-based stuff and then eventually there was change but there wasn't a whole lot in the way of innovation for these rpgs in big major ways at least not until the 3d era which mm, brought in some pretty big changes but I suppose that's slightly bit of a tangent there. So, yeah, my main point is if you're talking about RPGs made outside of Japan, yeah, there's a. Basically, the dividing line is highly blurred, and that's perfectly fine. In Japan, the dividing line is still pretty clearly there, but I wouldn't mind if it gets blurred a little bit. And, uh, guess that's it for me for all the topics.
0: Okay. Well, with that being said, we have gone through every single fucking topic. And, you know, we kind of did it in a fast way. So, I'm going to just say this. Because I'm curious, and I I want way more than fucking twenty minutes. I'm sorry. Um, All right. Oh yeah, we've literally only spent up twenty minutes. It's 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 kind of sad. I I don't think we've ever had anything this short. Um, but I will ask you this because this is just something I'm curious about. In general. So everyone knows that, at this point in time, anything in in the world can c- c- fucking come back. We got a sequel to the old ass Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Okay. Yeah. I would have never believed that. Streets of Rage fucking 4?
1: Yeah. Another like, holy shit, where did this, this is awesome. Where did this come from? Oh my God, I love it.
0: So let me ask you, what game would you like to see have a sequel in the current modern era of gaming we're in right now? And also, obviously, why?
1: Well, uh, are
0: you sure you want me to
1: go first with this?
0: question Yes, specifically because you're only naming one and not everything ever.
1: Okay, okay. My answer, I want a sequel to the a game from the Dreamcast that was later re-released on the Nintendo GameCube, Skies of Arcadia. It was basically a JRPG with sky pirates and it was awesome. I want to see a sequel to that. Sega, get on that. Maybe put it in the Canvas Engine too, because that's that. You know that the the airship battles in that game were fucking amazing, and I can only imagine it being even better if they use the Canvas Engine for it. Uh, the Canvas Engine being the one they used for the various uh, Valkyria Chronicles games and. Was it using anything else? I don't immediately recall. But yeah, that's my answer. Skies of Arcadia 2 down in the Canvas engine, which has this amazing sort of like cell-shaded but not look to it.
0: And then there was one. And that one is me. All right. Do you remember when we were little, how if you had a video game and it was on one system and you had a video game, same name on another system, they would be completely fucking different. Somewhat. X-Men. No. mm-hmm x-men 1 and x-men 2 on the sega genesis are nothing like x-men on a super nintendo different characters to play too and they really couldn't master gambit you really only get gambit in you know through the 3d era but i digress all right Bro, I want a sequel to an X-Men game, and I want it to play like Devil May Cry. I want it to play like Bayonetta. Mm. Do I need to have every single character that's ever been an X-Men playable? Fuck no, and I'm going to tell you why. Because then developers can get away with getting lazy and having characters be carbon copy of other characters, but with slight differences. Yep. So limited to four playable, and over time, give me another four via DLC if the game is extremely successful. Two in the beginning of the year, two near the end of the year. Or two in the middle of the year, two at the end of the year. Right? Wolverine, obviously, because people would bitch if you didn't, uh, is a mainstay. Gambit, because you never get solo Gambit affairs. So they can truly give detail to his combat. Because he's one of the only X-Men, if you stop and think about it, who's got a good hybrid combat system. He can do long range, close range, but he can also do trap and evasion. And then I know everyone loves Colossus or at least the ladies do. I want his not wife slash wife Kitty Pride, who's had like four different fucking names at this point. Shadow Cat for the most part. Because remember she's had ninja training she knows how to use a katana but she also can be intangible. and one of my newer favorites, not really a mutant, but rolls with them, Warpath. The bodyguard of Kid Supreme. The son of, well obviously, um, that Supreme dude, the mutant whose ability is, his strength is directly tied into people's belief that he can do something. Warpath, I fucking love her. My DLC characters? That's when you get interesting with it. People with unique shit that won't be like anybody else. Iceman.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cyclops. Just because people would bitch if I didn't. And two more females. Number one, Rogue. But her playstyle will basically be based off the enemies that she fights around her. So essentially, she's Mega Man without the fucking uh, projectile until you get her one. And she has a special ability where she can even, uh, synergize the abilities of the playable characters, not just the enemies and a very unique one, captain Marvel. And I'm gonna tell you why technically captain Marvel was never a mutant, but she was a member of the X-Men. They respected her and treated like treated like a good member but she's also been an Avenger and make the story at least 10 hours long. And I'm going to tell you why 10 hour long game. Now multiply that by all the playable characters. Obviously you're going to have some memory layover once you play the other characters or play a character and then switch to another one with the same uh, story. shit. Maybe have two or three uh, stages where depending on who you're playing, you get a different area. But 10 hours worth of stages, first playthrough, goes down to like seven, maybe eight second playthrough and stays in that that area. Right. Bro, that's over 40. No, that's over 60 to 70 hours of content. Also, team attacks. I want team attacks. Yes. I don't know what Wolverine going to do. But, hey, he's going to do something. And I want to make sure everybody has their traits that they're supposed to have. Wolverine can regenerate his health. But if too much passes, he's unconscious and the enemies just detain him. Um, Can he climb up a wall? Fuck yes, he can. His claws can go through almost every substance in the game. Just don't make them cut a hole in something, so that way it doesn't, you know, overstress the game or at least the developers.
1: Yeah, don't go like super destructible environments, like they did with. Uh, I think it was Red Faction was the FPS series yeah. that did that.
0: Yep, Red Faction was crazy with it. Um, but yeah, that's my one. So. Um, Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And I hit my 30-minute mark, or minimum. All right, so with that being said, uh, Officer, you got any closing statements besides the usual?
1: Uh, Fuck EA, fuck Konami, and here's hoping nothing horrible happens today. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, that was yesterday.
0: I would just like to say... Uh, thank you to the new agency we're with, or company we're with. Uh, I believe it's called Spotcast. Let me look this up. You would think I would look this shit up before we started. Well, I'll edit this part to be shorter. Hector. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Not would also like to thank our new uh, affiliate, uh, Podmatch. No, they're not paying me to say this, by the way. I don't have any grandiose statement I'm supposed to read off. But I would like to thank Podmatch for remembering to reach out because apparently they sent me an email so long ago, like months ago, and I never followed up and they decided to follow up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, they have about 18,000 plus damn near 19,000 hosts and guests on their platform. And I'm going to try to get you guys interviews with guests who have done things or just pick people's brains based on their job category or their general interest in affiliating and working with us. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I appreciate any new listeners that come out of this and Spotify people. I will always love and respect you. And you know, I don't know where this is going to go, but hey, it's going and I'm not trying to steer it off course. So, yeah, with that being said, I will see you guys when I see you guys.
1: Latest.